Aloha friends, it's Robert Stolick. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Planet Show. On this show I interview wingfoil athletes not only about the technique and the gear that they use, but I also try to get to know them a little bit better, their background, what makes them tick, what inspires them, and how they live their best life. It's a long form format, so if you like in-depth information, then you're gonna love this show. So I really appreciate you. I know not everyone has time to watch it on YouTube with the visuals. I think it's great, but uh, you can of course also listen to it as a podcast on the go. Just search your favorite podcast app for the Blue Planet Show. Today's interview is with Kevin and Caden Pritchard. Kevin Pritchard is a multiple time windsurf world champion. Him and his brother both, Matt Pritchard. And Matt's son, Caden, is 12 years old and he's only been wing foiling for about a year and he's already doing crazy moves, backflips, and he's working on forward flips and he breaks down technique for me on the flaca, which really helped me out too. So there's some really good stuff in here and just the whole story about the Pritchard family living on Maui basically because a friend gave a windsurf board to Kevin's dad. So that's what led to the whole family living that lifestyle now. So I thought that was great. Really interesting story. Good to see the two generations together. And I hope you enjoy this show as much as I did. And without further ado, please welcome the Pritchards. Okay, Kevin and Caden Pritchard, welcome to the Blue Planet Show. Thanks so much for making some time to join me. How are you guys doing today? Good. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for having us. You've been yeah. doing some cool work. So I was, I was like checking you out on the on the internet and oh let's do something could be cool we got cadence who's starting to really start to rip on the, the wing foil and yeah it's pretty yeah. cool yeah no thanks for reaching out to me i appreciate that and and i saw you you just starting a, a youtube channel and vlogging and all that kind of stuff too so yeah. that's yeah. cool i always like to collaborate with other people that try to create content and stuff like that so it's great to have you guys, and you're both on Maui right now, right? And and where are you at? It looks like you got a lot of gear behind you there. <clears throat> we are in my dad's workshop, or, yeah. His dad, okay. uh, our, we have a little rental um, windsurfing thing. So renting the, the wings and stuff over here on Maui. And my brother does a lot of lessons teaching windsurfing and he's been, has he been teaching winging too a little bit yeah he's been doing a little bit of it okay Kaden. so your dad is kevin's brother that's how you relate okay yeah. what's your dad's name matt pritchard matt okay and then kevin you've been a long time windsurfer multiple time world champion and stuff like that so and what can you talk a little bit about your career Actually, let's start with where you grew up and how you got into it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I grew up in California and actually my brother and I, we started windsurfing together with my parents and my mom and my dad and we all used to travel around. We'd go to Hood River and we lived in California. So we just started, my dad was addicted to it. So he just took us with us and just we all fell in love with the sport and it was super fun. And yeah, just started windsurfing all the time and we got into it. And then my brother moved to Maui in 92, I think it was. And then I moved in 94 
And then we just started going, doing the world tour together and just like step-by-step step got better and better. And then, yeah, it was awesome. We, he won a bunch of world titles and I won some world titles. It's crazy how a sport can take you and change your life. It's like we started in California together and now our whole family's here. And then he's had a family of two kids and it's pretty fun watching the Caden grow up too in the mix of what we used to do as a family, go and windsurf and all this stuff. And his, my dad, his grandfather is, I would say he's his biggest person helping him go down to the beach and doing winging. And my dad's learned to wing and he's 70. So they go down together all the time and it's pretty cool. So we've, we've well, got a great family atmosphere that we've had all our lives. And to see it getting passed down has been, has been fun. Yeah. Cool. So how old are you now? I'm 45. Yeah. And what about you, Caden? I am 11. 11. All right. Cool. So how, when did you stop um, competing professionally as a windsurfer or are you still competing or? No, I would say it's pretty cool. I won the Aloha Classic in 2000 and then I won it in 2017, I think it was, or 16, 2016. So having, I had an amazing career of 16 years of still being near the top. And that was one of my best moments was just like, 16 years later when it beating these kids out at Hokipos. It was special conditions with big waves and weird conditions, but still it was, it was a good feeling to end your career on top. And that's awesome. Good. So that was only four years ago. You won the Aloha Classic, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Five, yeah. Ago, so. That's awesome. But yeah, then what do you... I do a bunch of testing for the windsurfing company as he sales and got more into that brand ambassador and um still windsurfing every day it's good and testing the equipment testing the gear and using the knowledge of all those years of competing and windsurfing to make products better and things like that so what do you do now mostly like where do you live mostly and and what do you do and so on nowadays i live on maui and just have fun. I get to go winging if it's like right now in the summertime. I haven't gone yet, but last summer I went a couple times and I like the, just like the variety right now. Just, if it's good for kiting, go kiting. If it's good for windsurfing, go windsurfing. Unless it's, there's a, a different seasons of wind sails come out when it's a busy test season. I'm testing the windsurfing here and then otherwise just, just having fun. Yeah, I'm just going to play your, this is like your new YouTube channel. And this is in Mexico, right? Yeah. I just so do you, you spend a lot of time in Mexico or what? In Baja? Yeah, this is kind of, this is where my brother and I would come down and we could learn. I would say we learned wave sailing here because we was probably an eight hour drive from Southern California. And we would come down to this spot and learn to wave. So it's pretty is like a kind of a, it's a long way. So you get a lot of turns and you can work on your sailing technique really easily. So it's, I think it's one of the best spots in the world for progressing your, your sailing or your whatever. When I was down here, there's this guy out there winging and he was catching like, I don't know, 300 waves a day or something ridiculous like that. But 
it's pre pretty cool. Definitely a good spot. So that got you interested in and in foiling as well? Yeah. You know, how, you, how is that going? I guess you were talking about just starting to foil and struggling with it a little bit. Yeah, the, I think the windsurfer on the foil is the hardest device. I don't know why. Either, either maybe nobody has really stepped up the R&D with it, but the wave, wave windsurf foiling, I don't know. I've struggled with it. You just have so much power in the sail, you know, where the wing, you can just get rid of it. And same with the kite, where the windsurfing, it, it just, it's hard. I don't know. I had a hard time with it anyways. Right. Yeah, I've, I actually haven't even really tried windsurfing with the foil. I used to windsurf all the time, but with the foil, I think it's like a whole different thing. And yeah, I think the foil and the wing just work really well together. Like you said, you can depower it and ride the wave more like surfing the foil rather than the using the wind yeah. power. Yeah. It's pretty cool to watch him and see how like confident, like he, I always, I see him do like these carving little things with the foil. And I think, man, if I could do that on a windsurf board, which would be the goal, it would be cool. But I don't know, I guess I got to put more time into it. Like he's on the water all the time. So mm. on the foil where I'm not quite used to the foil as much as I should be. So in Baja, you also have, you run like camps as well? Like my brother does. And that's where it would be. Like I was saying, it's just awesome for just the waves are just endless. So for learning, it's incredible. It'd be fun to do a clinic with this kid down there. If he could be in the cold water, but I don't know. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. All right. Okay. Kaden, let's talk a little bit about you now. So how did, I guess you're 11 years old. Obviously you still go to school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where do you go to school? What? Which school do you go to? I made homeschool this past year. Nice. I've been getting a lot of time on the water. <laughs> And then next yeah, year, I'm going to Seabury. Obviously, you can't drive yet. So who, how do you get to the beach? Who takes you and so on? My grandpa has been taking me basically every time I want to go for since June, I would say, right? Since June last year. So is that part of your homeschooling PE program? It's going wing foiling? <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. And now it's summer, so. Yeah, now you got time off. Yeah. So, so are you born and raised on Maui? Yes, yeah. Nice. And how did you get, like, how did you get into water sports? What's your earliest memory of surfing or water sports and so on? I started surfing with my dad when I was, like, three. And then when I was, like, five or six, I started doing it by myself. And I loved it. And that's what I did till I was like nine uh, or nine or 10. And I, I still do it, but then I got into windsurfing. And then one day my grandpa came to my house and just said, let's go wing. And I didn't really want to go, but then I went down there I loved it. And so when was this about a year ago or two years ago? Or do you remember when, how long ago that was? It was 
a year ago on July, wait, on June 1st. Wow, so pretty much exactly in one year and now you're doing all these crazy moves. Yeah? So you're progressing pretty quickly, obviously. Like for those of you who don't know, I'm gonna share some video of you um, doing some of these crazy moves. So yeah, t talk a little bit about the backflip. When did you learn to do that? And um, maybe let's try to break down that move a little bit and what was most challenging about learning it and so on. The most challenging part is you rip your wing a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, and but once you get nice waves to launch off of, it's not that difficult because Basically, once you get halfway around, like upside down, then once you get once you get right there, then the wind will just blow you around. So it's the hardest part is to just pull your board around. Is this thing, where is this where are you where is this at? This is Kaa Point. It's Ka in between Kahului Harbor and Kanaha. Yeah, but it's not like you're launching off of huge waves. You're just launching off some smaller chop, it looks like. Yeah, some little swells. Okay, so talk a little bit about the approaching the jump. I think that's something that most people overlook that when you're jumping, it's really important to come low and then get your foil at a really steep angle on the exit like this. You can see how your foil is going up at a pretty steep angle. Yeah, and especially with the backflip, what I was trying when I was first learning it is I was just like going super fast and trying to spin like as fast as I can. But I learned that it's easier to do it slower when you have a bigger ramp and stuff. Okay. So getting more height and just rotating a little bit more slowly. Yeah. And then you really throw back your head. Is that, is does that, I guess that just helps you commit to the rotation. Yeah. It helps me rotate better and it's just how I do it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you said you ripped a lot of wings. So is it, is that from the, when you lose your board and it falls in, onto the wing on the landing or how did you rip the wings? Sometimes I just pop up and there's a rip in my wing. Huh. So I'm guessing it's probably from like when I land and say my board gets like falls off my feet, it like that's, and then it'll flip over onto the wing. So that's, what happened the most, but there were some times where like I would fall onto, my wing would fall onto my foil. So it's not all perfect. What you see in the video. Yeah. And then yeah. your grandpa has to get it fixed for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my dad, he just got a, he's, a, he's amazing. He got a sewing machine. So he's been, he's been doing like all these little projects with making little harnesses and leashes that work really well for my dad. I don't know, do you use them or no? Yeah, I have one. He's like Mr. MacGyver. My dad was like 
the original van life guy. Like when we were kids, we had this van that we'd pack all our stuff into and go down to Baja. And that was 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And now it's the rage is van life, van life. And my dad was a builder. And that's actually how we started windsurfing is he was building a house for a guy and the guy was stoked on windsurfing. And for my dad's birthday, he gave him uh, a windsurfer. And so he just started windsurfing. And I always want to write that guy that gave my dad the windsurfer because it changed our lives. It changed Caden's life just to like this one dude who gave my dad a windsurfer for his birthday. And now we're in Maui, we got the shop, we got, I, I, when I was traveling, I was, I traveled 4 million miles on American Airlines. So like from that one dude, I, both my brother and I have been so blessed, like, just like seeing the world, doing all this fun stuff. And it's crazy that a sport can take you having fun. Sure. We worked hard at it, but we had time of our lives just from this from this one guy and that's awesome that's a great story yeah you should definitely um contact him and say tell him hey look what you started and our whole my dad mom and dad both live here and your whole family other so, grandparents just moved here so it's pretty cool where in california did you grow up we grew up in like the worst spot ever for windsurfing, I think. It was like San, in between San Diego and LA and then inland. It was like Riverside area. And there's a couple of lakes around where my dad got the windsurfer. It was built, he was building houses in Canyon Lake, it's called. And it was terrible for windsurfing, but still it got us hooked enough to get all this just from him doing it. We, first place I learned, I was like, seven so i was smaller than him and they only had big gear back then my dad had advanced to the ponds it's this it was like these two three hundred meter long ponds percolation ponds out in the middle of the desert and it was the windy spot where you could you wouldn't get in trouble if you drifted downwind or whatever and my parents had been learning on the original windsurfer and then they got smaller and smaller gear and I remember one day I was just sitting in the car I was like so bored I'm like ah dad just let me try this shortboard and they're like no you can't do it you got to learn on the longboard or whatever and I'm like just let me try it I'm so bored and I remember it still like probably the only thing I remember my childhood but I remember getting on the windsurfer and like somehow after watching him for so long, I just got on it and I went flying down this, the pond and my board, I was, I was like wheeling down full plane, like nine years old on this tiny windsurf board. And I was just was flying down it. And I, I, after that, I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to do that again. I had to walk back because I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, somehow just watched what they did and yeah. That little first little glide changed all our lives, changed your life. You're in Maui because of that first sensation or Oahu. Yeah, definitely that, changed my life too, yeah. Yeah, for that first sensation where you're like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, you're harnessing the wind, something you can't even see, and it blasts you down the, down the water, and it's a pretty cool feeling. <laughs> yeah.
and then yeah that's awesome good how does it feel when you're on the that wing you're like flying right yeah maybe kaden talk, talk about your very first experience when you first got on the wing foiler and how that was learning it the first time i got on the wing foil i didn't really get up on foil like i just got up and then i fell and then three days or two days later i got up on foil and i went all the way in on foil and i was just like this is the best sport ever it's like <laughs> it be better than surfing and then since then i just kept going every day and yeah awesome so before you started wing foiling you never foiled before that was how you learned how to foil as well yeah that was the first time i learned how to foil or actually I think I went out with you. Yeah, that was the first foiling experience I think I've had. So, Kaden, do you know about how much you weigh? I'm about like 85 pounds. 85 pounds. Can you talk a little bit about the gear you use now? What size board and wing and foil? Yeah, I've been using, like, I used to be always, like, the guy on the biggest wing out there. And... Now I've realized that the smaller the wing, you can do more tricks and spins with it. So my go-to has been 2.8. And, and so what is what brand is the one that you're using, the 2.8? I'm using the Astro Wings. Okay. Because they're like, they're not super, super stiff. It's like you can, when you do this stuff, they'll bend in the ways that you need them to. And that's super nice for me because I'm such a stiff wing. Like it would be really hard to do the flips because it would just want to not, it wouldn't bend for me. Whatever. So the 2.8, do you use that pretty much all the time? Or do you have a bigger wing for lighter wind and the smaller wing for stronger wind? Or how does that work? Yeah, I have the 2A is for super windy conditions. And then I have 3.5 and 4.2. And then I actually took my brother out foiling on a 5.2. And I don't think I ever want to do that again. <laughs> Such a big win. Did you see that? That I think, it, did you post the video or just the shot? Just oh, yeah. Let me share that. I saw there's a um, photo of you on, on your Instagram account. Yeah. This one here. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's pretty cool because I, I took the photo, but yeah, they went out and it was really light wind day. It was, I think it was grandpa's birthday, huh? Yeah. We were all down there kind of cruising with uh, my dad for his birthday. And I went out and this is funny. I, it was too light for me. So I drifted downwind and then this guy comes running down the beach. So like, oh, I'll get that for you. And he's like, sails it back up. I'm like, whoo, this is a little humbling to have this <laughs> help me out, but way better than carrying it back up. So I didn't care. And then he gets, and he's, because when he was four, three, four, five, something like that, I took him windsurfing and we did it tandem. And we were like going out. We, I had a great time. He looked like he had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> and his his mom and dad are a little conservatives. And so when I took him out, I was like, 
we are going full speed out doing big old jumps and stuff. And uh, we actually jumped so high, we broke the board in half Yeah. together on the tandem. So that was pretty funny. And then it was cool to see him take out his little brother. And at first they're going and I'm like, come on, Caden, get him on the foil. Just get him on the foil. And finally they got up and they're like cruising around on the foil. And then they even did a jive on the foil. Yeah. Didn't even like, who does that? I can't even do a jive on the foil barely. So it's pretty fun to watch. That's a huge wing for you too. And, and board. It's like yeah, adult size. <laughs> yeah. It was huge everything because the first time I took him out I was on a GoFoil 130 with a 17 and a half tail and 36 inch mast and then I went back out on the Eva front wing and the Kai tail and I'm just like oh this is so much lift and then I got up and next time I want to try smaller foils. I, w I want them to put foot straps on the thing so they can do big airs. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So you're using gofoils, gastro wings, and who's making your boards? Fabian. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Fabian's making my boards. The brand is Taboo. And yeah, we're doing lots of experiments with the boards, and I really like that. Do you have one of your boards there that you can show us how it looks and stuff, to shape? So I guess, I guess you'd also, so after you started wing foiling, you also started prone surf foiling? Yeah, this is my surf foil board, and I also wing it. Okay. And. I love this board for wave riding and stuff because it's really turny and then it has a nice nose and rocker and all of that stuff. Do you know how long it's the bottom shape too? It looks like a double concave, pretty hard edges, and then got kind of concave rails with concaves. And then what the, show us what the size and volume is about on that board. I think this board is. 25 liters and it's a uh, four zero. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, and then wow. You, you just have two foot straps that are in the center. So do you, when you um, switch directions, you always switch your feet or most of the time or you yeah. ride with your feet in the same place? What were you saying? Oh, I mean, do you switch feet or do you keep them in the same position mostly? I switch my feet most of the time. Because when I do the backflip, my feet are switched in goofy foot, but I'm regular foot. Mm. So that's also what made the backflip a lot, a little harder. So can you do the backflip going both directions? Can you do it going in too? I haven't tried yet because I haven't really got like a good ramp to do it off of. Because it seems like Jeff, like Jeffrey Spencer does his backflips always going in, right? Coming in yeah. on the way in, right? Yeah. Yeah, I want to try him off of a wave or like a wind shock. Right. And yeah, I was talking to the guy Tituan Galea from New Caledonia. He, they had a contest and they were doing backflips in flat water, basically straight offshore wind, total flat water. 
and they would, I guess it's definitely possible to, you just have to really get some height and push off on the jump. Yeah. I want to try it on flat water, but I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's a lot easier with a shorter mast because you can rotate it. What, what, you didn't talk about your foil. Yeah. Then. And then maybe, yeah, maybe show us your foil setup too. What length, how long is your mast? My mast is a 36 inch mast. Oh, that's pretty long. Yeah, it's really long, but for the flips and stuff, I was on a 32. Okay. Here, and I'm on the NL100 from GoFoil and yeah. port, uh, the, thir the 12 and a half tail. Okay. So that was what I did for the flip. And then I also was on the TKR80 for that one video that you were showing of the flip. Oh, nice. Changes or what, what you're hoping to do in the future? Well, I'm hoping to like make some foil. I don't know how it would be shaped or what, but this is for surf foiling and wing foiling too. But I would want something that turns super well and then pumps super well for surf foiling. And then for wing foiling, I would want something fast and really turning. So I like turning. Yeah. So fast, probably thinner, thinner profile and so on, yeah. But I, yeah. yeah, and by that's one, the, that's one nice thing about the GoFoil stuff is Alex is down at the beach and he's been very generous to Caden, like with prototyping stuff. And before Caden, this guy, it was a, he's a bit stubborn on changing stuff. Once he likes something, he's not, not going to do it. I'm going to go on my four, two. Yeah, you. Yeah. I'm going to go on my 4.2 and I was telling him, I'm like, oh, Caden, you need a smaller wing. You can go higher and faster and this and that. And I finally learned it. And then, yeah, then Alex will be like, hey, maybe you should try this. Maybe you should try that. And, uh, and then I did that. <laughs> then, yeah. yeah. Well, it's great to have Alex. Alex is such a pioneer of foil design and so on. And he's always experimenting and tinkering. So it's cool yeah. to, to, nice have, to have to help you out yeah for sure yeah. so what, what do you mean by pop when you say you want the foil to have pop is that just like to get more height when you jump kind of thing popping out of the water i think more pop for me it's usually like a short tail like really short there because i can lift out of the water and i already have a lot of pop so i like and I think more pop would be great. So that those are the fails of the backflips. Okay. But it's so, pretty crazy. You can go from May 8th or so to June 8th and be totally nailing them. So what are you doing differently now? What were the mistakes that you were making at first? Just not getting high enough or rotating the sail differently? Or what do you do differently now? Do you know? Yeah, I was rotating the sail where I would put it behind my back like that. And then I would like, like you see how I put it like behind right there? Yeah. And 
now I'm like letting it go under me. And that helps a lot with the rotation. And then I just needed a little more height to do them. That was at the harbor too. So that was flat water. And that was pretty flat water. Like this one, I had the little ramp. You make it look so easy. <laughs> yeah, amazing. But yeah, and actually let's talk a little bit about the, this other move, the upwind or the upwind 360 or Flaka. And it looks like you're doing these ones now where you're rotating the rotating the other way and then flipping around. So like first rotating mm -hmm. and then doing that the flaka move. So can you talk a little bit about that move and how to break it down for us? Yeah, I think with that that first tweak right there, mm -hmm. it I do that. To, it helps me almost get a faster rotation because I like go and then I just spin. It's like you're winding up the spring kind of thing. Yeah. And then it also, because before when I used to do them, I would do them straight like out of the water. But mm -hmm. I've been realizing that it's a lot easier when you jump wait and then when you start coming down then you do it okay so it's like in windsurfing when we do forwards like sometimes you do you go up first and you stall and then you throw yourself into the rotation so maybe it's yeah so that's, yeah that's kind of what it is so i've been working on that move too and I've, i've been pulling off maybe one out of ten or something like that but do you have any tips on for me i always struggle with the landing and the the wing coming around and then like what do you have any tips on that yeah i think what i do is i really try to keep the wing as high as i can so that it doesn't hit the water okay and it It helps a lot to have the small, the smallest wing that you can be on. And yeah, it definitely like with the rotation, it's a lot easier with the smaller wing and then it spins better. And for the landing, you just, it just like, it'll whip you around in that last part. And then that'll pull you right up on back onto the foil. Yeah. So, have you tried doing this move on on the on a wave yeah i've done some on the waves sometimes like i can't really get up on foil straight away like what i did on that one it's hard to do that for me so most of the time i would do it land and then i would have to like pump and then i would go out the back of the wave but then i would just go back into it Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to figure out too. It looks like you almost pretty much rotating the wing at the very end, like when you already, when your foil already touched the water, like the last part of the rotation, really. Yeah. yeah I like through doing, the wind. Yeah. I like doing that because since it like has the forward momentum, it'll just lift me straight up onto the foil, like what it did there. 
Yeah, it's amazing how you just pull out of it right up on the back on the foil again without like when I do it, I, I don't I do the last part of the rotation almost in the water and while I'm bringing the wing around and then pump myself back up. But it's almost like I stop and you're kind of still moving forward on the landing. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, that's why like when you do the wing rotation further, further towards the bottom, it'll give you that forward momentum to get back up on the foil. Yeah. Yeah. So, and what about the wing? Do you have any tips for like how you hold the wing or do you try to have less power in it or? What I try to do is I try to, I try to go off of a little chalk or something. And then when I do it, the, I like to do them in holes of wind, like, or there's a hole so that you can yeah. rotate the wing. So it's and not too, you don't want super strong gusts uh, when you're doing it, right? Yeah, I would rather do like underpowered knot because it's harder to do it in super strong winds. Right. I think too though, his definition of strong winds is really strong because this summer it's been 40. 30 to 40 every single day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Pretty crazy wind over here on Maui. Yeah. 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 And then this one too, it's like you bringing the wing through the wind after the foil touches down really, or after you already touched the water. Right? Yeah. So it's pretty, pretty late in the move when you actually spin the wing around. Yeah, definitely. It, I like doing it for, closer to the water because what sometimes like when I do it above the water, I would just have a bunch of extra time to rotate again or whatever. Uh -huh. And then I usually mess up or something. It looks like you almost pump it. It's almost like a pumping thing when you whip it. Yeah. yeah that was the first back loop I made. Oh, really? Ever. Finally so, made one. So then that looks like a pretty big ramp too. Yeah, I needed a bigger ramp more in the start. Right and on. there was somewhere I had too big of a ramp where I over-rotated and ate it. So what happens when you over-rotate? What happened once was like I did it and then I like had the perfect landing and then I like landed like that and back flopped and got the wind knocked out of me. Oh, yeah. I try not to go off of ginormous ramps anymore because it really hurts to land like that. Yeah, I've seen Zane Schweitzer does them like off of big waves at Hokipa, like just really throwing himself backwards and it looks pretty, pretty crazy. But I guess that way you can definitely rotate all the way around. Yeah, I think the bigger the wave, the slower you have to rotate. And back when I was first doing them, I would just rotate as fast as I could. So I kept, I did a lot of over rotation. So let's talk a little bit about base, more basic stuff for a lot of the people listening are just getting into wing foiling. And then also actually, Kevin, maybe you can talk a little bit about your first experiences with foiling on with the windsurf board and what are the challenges and so on and any advice you can give 
I think for me, the actually for me, I think the wing is almost the easiest platform to learn on because you even when to, with like when I was first towing, because I thought, oh, that's going to be the easiest. You're in you're in the jet ski driver's in control. Like you just want to let go a little bit, slow down a little bit with the wing. You can just let it out. Where if you're on a, behind a boat or whatever, it takes a, a lot of coordination, especially in the swells. Like maybe on a flat water, it's different. But I was always learning on the waves. And you know, for me, the windsurfer is it's pretty fun going back and forth and stuff. I've been actually the other day we were out at Kuau. And he did a backflip. Yeah. So I, oh, wow. I've been hearing about him doing backflips. So I'm like, oh, I'll show Caden how to do a backflip with the windsurfer. <laughs> so doing that, and it's interesting to watch his rotations and stuff. And there's just so much lift with those foils. If you get them in the right right way, you can just flip off of nothing. So the windsurfer, you have to go a lot higher. Yeah, it feels to me when I'm doing that on the windsurfer, it feels super low. But then you see a picture of it, and maybe it's because you're 36 inches off the water when you start or something. But yeah. it looks high. But yeah, it definitely yeah. feels a lot lower than what it is in the video. Yeah, even like your shots, you're going pretty dang high. Yeah, it feels like I'm probably going four feet. Yeah. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, I think for it's pretty fun how the foil can work through all the different sports, whether it's surfing or stand up. I think that's how my dad got into the foiling is he was doing the stand-up paddling and then you paddle, 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 you get a little ride, there's a little glide and then you're done unless your Zane Schweitzer are pumping back out in circles and stuff. But these guys can, you can pump out for a couple waves. Yeah, that's like the nice thing that I like about prone foiling is you can surf the wave and it helps a lot with foot straps, but you can surf the wave like you're surfing regularly but then when you kick out you don't have to paddle all the way out you can just pump to the next wave or pump back out to the lineup you should see this yeah. kid's legs they're like look at his muscles they're like massive <laughs> for 11 year old i was down the beach and he comes in he's got six pack of abs muscles ripped off and you're like dude what are you doing and he's just winging every day and using those muscles. That's great. Yeah. So you said, Kevin, you're just starting to wing foil? Yeah, I, I do it. I did it with when my dad was down there for his birthday and stuff, but it's pretty fun. And the different spots, like in Baja where I was, it was perfect for winging, like a slower, fatter wave. So you get that cruisy feel. And like you said, you don't have to paddle back out, which is nice with the wing. If you're not a super oil back out person, which I'm not, but uh, yeah, I'm just yeah. learning a little bit. It's always fun to just try different sports and stuff. And I can go out and back and do tiny jumps, but that's yeah. about it. I think, I think having a windsurfing background helps a lot with wing foiling, you know, I mean, cause the, the wing handling is very similar. You do have to learn how to control the height of the wing. Cause that's a windsurfer. It's attached to your board. So you just can sheet in and out, but this is like a three dimensional thing where you have to actually yeah. um, control the, 
direction of the wing too. That's but. what I was thinking about one time with the, the windsurfer, if you could have those old wind weapons. Yeah, sure attached to the board. Yeah. Going and they like twist it up. I wonder how some, it'd be fun to get one of those nowadays and see how it works. Maybe that might just be some different, but it'd be cool to try one or see what it is. And I was always thinking maybe because that's the hardest part is once you're on a wave, you need to get rid of the power. If you have too small a sail, you can barely get on the foil. And I don't know, the windsurfing with the waves is hard on the foil, I think. But again, I just probably need to do it more. And I was going to ask you, Caden, on your wing, it looks like you have like one of your straps is, or the handles is like a, a rigid handle in the back. Is that right? Or and let me see if I have a closer video where it shows. Yeah, the newer wings, it's like a boom as the back one yeah and i feel like that's nice because you can move your hand like whatever way you want and it's nice for the 360s and stuff because sometimes you come down and like you're not in the perfect place and you need to slide your hand forward slide it back it's mm -hmm. really nice but it, so it's just attached with like nylon straps or something though, or? It's like, um, it's attached with just fabric that. Webbing. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So it still moves around quite a bit. Yeah. I, I, I keep thinking it would be nice to have like rigid handles that are just give you a really direct control of the wing where they don't flop around at all. But yeah, that's what I wish. That's what I'm trying to work on right now. Is like making some more rigid handles. Yeah. Gash is actually coming out with, they're strapping the boot. They're making that boom thing basically, but they're having it on with plastic. They're mounting it on basically. Yeah. And then they're going to put a carbon pipe in it and mm. it'll make it super rigid. Right now he's a PPC wing, it's called. It's like a New Zealand company that makes wings. And that's kind of my favorite right now. Do you do the Blue Planet boards or? Yeah, we make foil, foil boards and wing foil boards. We've been doing that for quite a while now. Cool. And yeah, those are good. Are they made on Oahu or? No, we, we make prototypes on Oahu, but... Um, the production is in China. I've, I've been looking into making boards here, but it's just so expensive. Just the overhead and the labor costs and stuff like that. It's, and then, yeah, regulations and permitting and all that kind of stuff. It's a nightmare. Right. But I haven't made, made that step. But on Maui, I guess the cannery is a pretty cool place because there's so much innovation coming out of there yeah it's pretty wild it just maui seems to breed that in innovation of stuff different athletes and different from surfing to windsurfing to stand-up paddling and it's wild too to me like how kind of windsurfing gets uh, shuffled under the rug 90 percent of all the athletes from the last 20 years have come from windsurfing laird rush randall all these guys all windsurf and whether it's their kids or whatnot, it's Alex, amazing windsurfer all, and all the brands too are from windsurfing. And, the, and a lot of the technology as well with 
I think surfing's just been so stuck in the polyester construction and thruster fins and whatever. Like, it's just not a lot of innovation happening. And then when windsurfing came around, everybody was like trying so many different things and the whole composite construction and making boards lighter and stronger and all that kind of stuff. That all came from windsurfing, not from surfing, really. I think, too, it feels like windsurfers are more techie than surfing. Maybe, maybe it's changing a little bit now. And the foil. That's half the reason I don't really love the foiling is because for 25 years, I was just tinkering with windsurfing stuff and it was pretty dang. When you're at the top level, a couple millimeters here and there makes a huge difference. So to come and start tinkering with the foil, I don't, it's a lot of work for me. So it's just, <laughs> it's nice to come and you go out on my dad's stuff. It's all trimmed perfect. You just hop on it and go and it works. And you're not like, oh, this changed this. Yeah, you're talking about millimeters and windsurfing. I think on the foil, it's even more, it's like micromillimeters. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you have so much less surface area in the water and like any little change makes a noticeable difference. Like even the half a degree angle in your tail wing can be noticeable, you know? So it's pretty amazing. It's pretty crazy for sure. If you do it any skinnier, it'll make it faster and fatter. It'll make it slower. So, do you, so Caden, do you play around with that? Do you kind of play around with your foil setup? I, Kevin was saying you like to, when you find something that you like or that works, you just try to keep the same thing. Now that like foils are getting so new technology and stuff, I've been trying a lot of stuff and I'm liking so much more stuff and all these new foils that are coming out are amazing. Yeah, Alex will bring him down like a couple different foils, like custom ones to try. And it's probably opening his mind a little yeah. bit just to, you just got to try it. So I'm learning a lot about lift and all that stuff. So it's all the homeschool year was also <laughs> foil homeschool year. Yeah, cool. I mean, that that's definitely pretty high-tech stuff that everyone's working on. I interviewed Kane DeWile, too, and he's really into, like, foil design and computer design and, and all that uh, engineering-type stuff. Um, we, uh, I've been towing in with uh, my tow partners, Jason Polkow, so another oh, great yeah. one. And we've been using Kane stuff for the tow foiling. Again, Jason and I were just out there, just Muppets, just like, why can't we do this? Why can't we do this? Because we were okay, talented people. And we'd be shimming it and we'd be like, oh, this doesn't work. We'd move it two inches, didn't work. And then <laughs> we had Kane come out with one of his foils and we took him out and he's just, boom, gets it set up. And they're like, oh, there you go. He's Moving got something it. two inches is probably like way too much, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've like learned nothing. And I, I got so frustrated with it because you're, especially on the toe end with the bigger waves, it, it's death to find, I'm not going in huge waves. You're going down that wave so fast and it's pretty scary. Yeah. And some of Kane's stuff is really good because he, he's on it and he's making custom foils up at, at the cannery up here and he knows what he's doing. So it's pretty nice to have a little bit more stability and for what we're doing, probably the production stuff isn't really there's not many people that are towing with foils out in Maui so it's kind of cool to have him 
do some stuff with us. Okay. Something I always like to ask everyone is how much of your skills is like just natural talent that you have naturally and how much of it is practice, time on the water, training and this. I, I think Caden and I are very opposite in that answer where I, for me, I take repetition. Like my windsurfing days, I was out there every day, any condition whatsoever, just hammering on it and that was what I think separated or put me into the world title scene is that I was like one of the first guys to my brother and I and we had a little group of people and we were the first guys to take it seriously like weren't going out partying weren't you know oh it doesn't look good we were out there every day any conditions cold stormy oh, here comes a storm in Maui, which we don't get. Oh, we're going to go train for when we're in Europe and we're in this miserable conditions. We're out there. So where he starts one thing, even his mountain biking, when he was like five, four years old, he's like doing these huge jumps down the hill. Then he won't do it for two months and then it'll be better than me. And I'm like, how did you do that? You haven't even ridden your bike in six months. Yeah, I didn't think I have ridden my bike in like a year. I know. We have this cool uh, mountain bike up in uh, Makwa Forest and you flow trail down. And I remember taking him up there and just this little tiny kid just sending all the jumps. And maybe awesome. that's why you enjoyed this winging because you get to jump so high. Yeah. Yeah. But even then with his backflip, you saw on May 60 tried it the first time and then on May 12th he's landing them and now yeah. he's boosting huge stuff so yeah so yeah but maybe you can answer it uh, Kaden like how do you feel is it talent or practice or both I think my one talent that helps with everything that I do that's on the water is I would say I have pretty good balance and that helps me with a lot of stuff. I think but, too, he's got a trampoline. Every kid who has a trampoline, it's pretty cool because you can do those backflips. And I remember you had a skateboard with straps on it. So you could visualize, what do you think? Yeah. It's oh, cool. Yeah. I always, think of balance as not something that you're naturally born with really, but it's something you can practice, right? So if you're doing all the, if you're doing sports all the time that require you to have good balance, your balance is going to naturally get better. And then that helps you with everything you do probably, right? Yeah, it's definitely, if I didn't have good balance, I doubt I would be where I am now. What about visualization or like doing moves in your head? Do you, do you do that? Do you try to visualize it before you get in the water? For me, sometimes I like try them in the water, like just with my wing and without my board. I would just like visualize pulling the wing backwards. And then I did some, I do some flips on my trampoline, like with my hands doing the backflip. Mm -hmm. And that helped me so much. Oh, you know what else I saw him do that's pretty cool is winging with the one wheel. That looks like a good thing for beginners. Oh, you know? on a one wheel, huh? You were doing yeah. that? You don't even like need wing, uh, wind for that. You just, <laughs> yeah. 
but you get the feel of the wing and then yeah. i don't know yeah but, you know. but that's interesting that um Baltz Muller was saying the same thing he was practicing his backflips on the trampoline before he was doing them on the water just to figure out the wing handling because that's pretty tricky because you can really kind of get backwinded or falling on top of the wing. That seems uh -huh. to be one of the tricky parts. It's, I bet I didn't take the wing on the trampoline, but I feel like it would definitely help with taking the wing on the trampoline on a bigger trampoline because mine's a lot smaller. It, it would be a lot easier than doing them with the foil like straight away and then landing on top of the wing. Like, my friend tried them straight away with not really knowing how to do a backflip on the trampoline and then he just couldn't get that uh, flip dialed in. But now he knows how to do it on the trampoline, so he'll be landing up soon. So he learned it. Oh, he learned it on the trampoline and then he went. So for you, Caden, like what's a typical day like for you? Let's say you're during when you're homeschooling and just like a typical day for you? Homeschool for me, I would start at nine o'clock. So what time do you get, what time do you wake up? Do you wake up early or do you try to sleep into the last possible moment or? I wake up at 6.30. Okay. So I try to wake up early and then I just sometimes I just, I'm super tired and I don't want to get out of bed and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go bounce on the trampoline to get my blood flowing. And then I go do that and then I have breakfast and then I sit and do stuff until nine o'clock and then from nine o'clock to 12 o'clock I do my homeschool and then from my grandpa comes and picks me up at 1230. And then we go down the wing till like four. And then I come back here and clean all my stuff and put it where it goes. And then same thing the next day. But if there's no wind, then I would probably wake up at six and then go prone foiling before school. Because the conditions are usually better early in the morning after I'm mowing. Yeah. Where the wind kicks in. What about your typical day, Kevin? What does your day look like? Uh, pretty similar, except for without the schooling. <laughs> Don't go to homeschool. Usually I do a little computer work and see what's happening for the day, check the conditions. And uh, if it's do you, good. Do you have a morning routine? Like at, when you get up, do you do like exercises? Do you have coffee? Like what, what do you do? I exercise my scrolling through the, you know, Instagram. You wake up and get right on your phone and look at Instagram. Yeah, kind of. Recently, I've been looking for a sailboat. That's been my like focus. I want to. That's why I was on Oahu. I was over there checking out boats. I got a slip down at Ma'alaya, so I need to get a boat in there. And I, I have a van over on the mainland, a Sprinter van, and I love exploring. That's like why I like going to Baja so much. Now my dream is to have that sprinter van in the water in, in a sailboat and kind of check out the islands, be able to go over to Oahu and hopefully get these guys into exploring a little bit more, go over there, be able to wing and kind of do fun stuff off the boat. So that's been my focus recently. All right, that's cool. So is, that, is this gonna be for 
as a hobby recreationally or are you also planning to do like charters and stuff like that or is it more just, just, a, hobby. just a fun tool cool uh, it's hard right now because for me everybody it seems like everybody on maui is making money doing like turo or this and that and then i'm just like i'm just out cruising and i'm like man <laughs> You know, maybe I should do this. That's great if you can. If you don't need to make money, that's good. I make money though. But, you know. Yeah, good. Yeah. So where, where do you see the future of the sport going What for wing foiling? And what are your goals? Like, what do you hope to do in wing foiling, Kaden? I'm hoping to learn how to do a front flip before I'm 12. So That's coming up soon though. It's when, are you, when are you turning 12? I'm August 17th. Okay. Yeah, that's enough time. If you learn to backflip in one month, then you can learn to front forward flip. <laughs> well, so the other day I was down, there's this guy, Trictionary. Have you heard of that book? Yeah. He's doing a, he's doing a wing book. And so I went down to take pictures of, of Jeffrey and doing that forward thing and Finn and holy smokes i'll be impressed to see you do that because like we're like you guys were talking about with the, the stall when he's doing the spins and stuff like he goes up and just goes up and then he kicks it out too and then throws it forward and it's just like whoo looks scary yeah but, but i mean i think it does look similar to doing forwards on the windsurfer it's like you're throwing yourself sideways more than yeah forward but i don't know are, are other people besides jeffrey and them doing the forwards or yeah tituan is doing it i i was talking to him about that and i was asking him for pointers and he's i don't have any pointers i'm just trying to figure it out myself <laughs> i don't know yet <laughs> yeah so, have you had jeffrey on on your podcast yeah I, I interviewed him i haven't published it yet so but that'll be all probably before your guys this one will post so i always oh, yeah. it takes me a while to edit the the footage after I do it all. So yeah, I enjoy are... interviewing more than the editing process. <laughs> yeah. But cool. So what, what about, do you, do you think you can, Kaden, that you're going to do this as a job professionally, like making money with wing foiling or is it just going to be fun for you? Or what do you think? I have no idea what it's going to be. It's either, I, I don't know. Do you think you're going to try to do any of those events like the world, what is it called? The world wing, wing foiling tour or whatever they're having those world championship events. Yeah. I want to do one here first and see, because I think they're going to do one over here soon or I don't know, but there's supposed to be one this summer for something, but I don't know if it got canceled or whatever, but. I want to see how I do in one over here. Mm -hmm. If I do really good, then maybe I'll start doing those. I don't know though. What, wasn't there like a foil contest on Maui this last weekend? I thought there was like, I donated some prizes for a foil contest. Did you hear about that? I heard about it in Lahaina. It was a, it was just a standup. They did, they did prone and stand up, And then the second day was supposed to be wing foiling. I don't know. Huh. You didn't. I, you didn't. I haven't heard. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You should have done that. Huh? <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. But the level over here, there's quite a few kids that are really ripping. Like, 
some of his friends you're just like yeah. so the it'll be good if there's a contest here it'll be pretty high level for sure yeah no doubt i'm always definitely at the center of the the pro progression it's pretty, so it's pretty wild seeing him grow up here like we grew up on this tiny lake in the middle of california and i always say to my brother i'm like man just imagine if we had this set up when we were kids we, we would have done we would have, we would have turned out to be pretty good but, <laughs> well um, i think i think one of the, the you what you guys had was that uh, sibling rivalry right so like brothers two brothers you guys trying to outdo each other so you're always pushing each other and i think that's also very valuable i think in sports right yeah for sure that was like a hundred percent that's for sure we were we were best friends we trained together we lived together we pushed each other when we were young he'd do a move and then i'd be like oh i can do that and then he'd be like, oh, I can't let my little brother do it. So better than me. So he'd push it. And uh, yeah, one cool story we had was when we were, he was 16. He just got his driver's license. And I was 13 or 14. And my parents let us take our van. My dad's, we had the windsurf van. They let us take it from Southern California, drive it all the way up to the gorge just the two of us and spend a month up in hood river just windsurfing and having fun and i'm like i couldn't imagine sending him you're gonna be like that he has a younger brother too obviously so well but he's still lot. 11 right maybe when you can drive you can do stuff like that yeah. but still that was like one of the best summers ever so it's pretty wild that looking back like that my parents let a 16 year old and 13 year old drive what is it thousand miles by themselves <laughs> up to the forge and uh it's pretty fun but we had, we learned a lot and we had a so lot of fun is your is matt older than you or younger older yeah oh so you were not even 16 yet you were like 14 or 15 or how old were you i was like 13 or 14 something like that. <laughs> that's cool and then you were well, we, you know, we had friends around that were old like all our lives, we've been around older people because windsurfers are old, but like our best friends were our parents growing up because they wanted to windsurf. My parents are super young there. My dad just turned 70, I think. He was, when we were 15, he, he was only 35 or whatever. I'm not doing the math right now, but so he was super young and we wanted to go windsurfing. And so we were like, we wanted on the weekends at school, we'd rather hang out with my parents than go party or whatever. It's pretty cool. Okay. I have a question for both of you guys. So for me personally, and I, I know this happens to a lot of people, like some days you're on the water and everything's just like every, you're totally in tune with your gear and the conditions and everything's working. You can pull off all kinds of moves and you're just in the zone. And then the next day, sometimes you'll go out in the same kind of conditions with the same kind of gear, but like everything, you're just like a kook and you keep falling in and nothing's really working. So how, and it seems like it's not necessarily like the conditions or the equipment, it's more like your state of mind. So is there any, anything that you do to get into that state of mind or do you have any pointers on how to avoid being that kook or changing your mindset from being a kook to being in the zone? For me, I feel like I try to always be in the zone because 
every time that I'm feeling like I don't want to, I'm just not in the mood or I don't really want to go, I'm super tired, then I would just, I wouldn't try any crazy tricks or whatever, or I would just not go winging that day. But the times that I do go winging and I'm just not in that state of mind, I just, I don't know. I land one move that's hard to do and then I get fired up and I'm like, okay, now I'm good again. Like, that's how I feel. So yeah. sometimes you get into the zone while you're doing it, like kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. But yeah, and what about you, Kevin? Sometimes when you, that, that makes sense that not, just don't go out when you're not, when you're not feeling it. But like sometimes if you're competing, you don't have that choice. Like your heat is up and you got to go. And is there a way you can switch from, how do you switch on that getting into it? I don't know. I wonder if that's like something, I think that was one of my strong points competing is I was, I was like never really the best guy, but I was always just there and just keeping that mentality of just being steady and going, performing at a level all the time that's high. And there's those certain moments where you're in the zone for sure. You always talk about it, you hear about it. And then when you're, there's certain moments where throughout my career, where I was like, oh man, I wasn't even conscious almost. I was just going through it. And uh, that's hard to, it's hard to get into that, but it just happens. But I think just the more you train, the more confident you be, you are. And so I think that kind of just, for me, it was always the training and just going out there, all conditions and always uh, pushing yourself. I think Caden's a little more smart, smarter than I am. He like, when he's not feeling it, he just doesn't go. Where I'd always push through. Don't be a whiner. <laughs> just go. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I know some people are, it seems like some people are actually better when they're competing. Like they get, they like it pushes them to perform even at a higher level. Would you say you're like that? Like where, when you're competing, you're actually better than when you're just practicing or? I would say so. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For me, I was like, yeah, like I said, never really the like wildest one out there. But then when it came to game time, I would, would be able to land all my moves. And my strategy was just do the moves that you can make and let the other people fall by the wayside. A lot of times these, I'd go up against these kids and they'd just be sending it huge, which is cool, but then they would land it. And then I'd just do my little jump and advance to the beat a lot of times. So yeah. that was kind of my tactic. Okay. So like a little bit playing it safe and doing the thing that you can do and not trying to do crazy stuff that you don't really haven't mastered yet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Kaden, would you say you're obsessed with foiling or is it just a hobby for you? Or would you say like obsessed and addicted to it or not really? I'm definitely obsessed with foiling. Yeah. yeah. So what, what is it about foiling that makes it so addictive? It just feels like you're flying basically. And that's like with surfing, it's really hard to get into the air, but, and when you do get in the air, you're only in the air for a second. But, and then with winging, it's just like, whenever you're up on foil, it feels like you're flying. 
And then when you're in the air, you're also flying. So it's like, I'm up on the foil, probably, I'm like in the air on the foil, probably like 98% of the time. And then with surfing, I'm in the air like 0.5% of the time. <laughs> yeah. What about prone foiling though? Even that you're on the foil a lot less than when you're wing foiling, right? Yeah, but I love riding waves like in any sport that has wave riding in it, I, I like want to try it. And with prone foiling, I'm starting to like that more than like when you're in perfect conditions, I like it more than surfing in perfect conditions because you have that glassy smooth water, those perfect long wave rides and you can, like, when you're really good, like Kyle, Lenny, and Zane, and all those people, you're up on the foil, like, 50% of the time, pumping around, and that's what I want to get to that level of, like, I can pump out and catch, like, 15 waves before I get tired, but I get tired after five weeks. so yeah pumping back out is it takes a lot of energy i can't even imagine 15 waves <laughs> maybe two waves that's pretty much it for me yeah. that's awesome so other hobbies and cross training and stuff i guess you do mountain biking anything else you guys do for like when it's not windy or not in the water i guess Stuff that's not in the water. I have a one wheel and that helps with like my, my balance and with the wing sometimes I would go and practice my tricks. And it's like a lot harder when you're on land than when you're in the water on the wing. So it definitely helps me like get the moves dialed and then I try to go on the biggest wing that I can be on when I'm on land so that I can practice doing them with the bigger wing. And then once I get like good at that, then with smaller wings, like it makes it so much easier because you feel like you can just spin super fast. And it, that's like my biggest, my favorite thing to do on land is probably one wheeling and trampoline, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, this is a question for both of you guys. So during the pandemic, a lot of people felt isolated and kind of lonely or, you know, depressed, whatever, anxious, being at home, being stuck at home. And I know for us, it's always easy to be like, ah, I'll just go in the water and have fun and everything's fine. But let's say you, you're stuck inside and you can't go on the water or you can't go outside. What do you do to, if you're having an off day or if you're not feeling great? Like, what do you do to lift your spirits or to stay positive? On those days where it's like horrible for any sport and you just don't want to move or whatever, I usually like watch some winging videos of like new moves that I want to try. And then I like stop them and watch them over and over again and I see how they do it 
and then I want to do it like that. And then sometimes I play like board games like Monopoly. I love Monopoly. It's cool. fun. What about you, Kevin? Huh? I guess a little computer time would probably be. I don't have I don't have TV in my house, so I'm not really a big TV watcher. But yeah. I don't know. We're so, we've, it's sad to say, but the, for us on Maui, it's been just like the, I don't know, the best year ever having COVID. It was like so much fun. Like all the spots that normally are actually now it's back to normal, but like we'd go to Twin Falls, which is this little waterfall. And you go there now, there's like parking directors, like telling you where to park. It's full, blah, blah, blah during COVID, you just go out there at this insane waterfall and be like two people, one person. And for me, it was like probably the, it was the best year I've ever had on Maui after 30 years. So you got to, I stayed here during the summertime where normally I go to Hood River or tour around in my van and explore. I stayed here on Maui and it forced me to explore my backyard. And there's so many cool spots out there, like just hidden spots, different spots. And I would take my, e I'm, I'm an e-biker. I love e-biking. And I would just ride every day. I went out there so many times, I can't even count. And I would just ride my bike and explore and explore and go to different waterfalls and list different things. And so for me, the COVID was just unbelievable. It was awesome. Yeah, no yeah I, I totally agree. Yeah, the thing about like that, the thing that I missed about traveling really was that adventure of seeing new things or exploring and things. But you really don't have to go that far to explore, right? You can, yeah, you can go some, just go on a trail that you've never been on and it's, oh, wow, this is cool. So you can have an adventure uh, without getting on a plane and sitting on a plane for 12 hours or whatever. You don't really have to go that far. Yeah, and, yeah. and here on Oahu too, like someone, like you would drive, during rush hour and there's no cars on the freeway it's like what's going on like, i love this you get somewhere in 10 minutes that would take 45 minutes on a normal day you know so i think it kind of like over here too a lot of people are like do why do we really need 30,000 people arriving every day maybe 10,000 are enough but and i guess our economy is pretty dependent on tourism but it, it sure is nice to have a little bit less traffic and less people everywhere and stuff like that for sure here I always said it's like the whole world was playing musical chairs of where to go and we won the game like being in Hawaii is like for one it was pretty safe I would say and for two it was the best place in the world to be this last year as far as everybody's pretty healthy and we were I would say the rules were very relaxed compared to my friends in Europe so it was pretty pretty awesome spot to hunker down and, and enjoy what the islands have to offer yeah cool so Caden if somebody asked you what foiling is like and they've never foiled like how do you explain that sensation of flying on a foil well I would just say it's like you're flying are you gonna fly though you should you should go fly yeah what if somebody doesn't know how to fly like just it feels like once you get up on the foil, it's like the first time that you get up on the foil, swinging, it's like nothing else like it. 
because it's you, the wing, the board, and the foot. And you're just floating across the water. But like, those are the really good days for doing it in those flat water and not super strong winds. So what's it like when the wind is super strong, then it's a little bit more hectic? Some days for me, it's like I'm holding on for dear life. <laughs> but then it, it definitely balances out. Because there's spots on Maui where you can go, like when there's really light wind, there usually there's usually enough wind to get up on foil in Maui, like every, every day. day of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You're lucky. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So, so who else should I interview on this on the Blue Planet show about wing foiling? Who do you think I should talk? Alex Aguera started like the whole surf foiling thing, so I think that would be cool because I just read this interview thing that someone typed out on uh, a website and. It was really cool to learn about all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I already asked Alex actually to be on the show, but he's been busy. So he said when he has some time, he'll he'll let me know. <laughs> yeah. so maybe you can tell him that he should get on the show. Anyone else you should you recommend talking to? I mean, what about Annie? Have you had her on there? I had Annie Reichert on there already on the show. I'm trying to obviously. I'm trying to get Jeffrey Spencer. Kai Lenny, I don't know if I've been able to get them on the show either. They're, they're busy. <laughs> but I had but, Zane, Zane Schweitzer, I had Alan Kiddis, Mark Rappahorst, a bunch of people from Maui. There's a couple of cool guys on, on the um, mainland, like Brian Casario, he's one of the, he's a good winger and pioneered a lot of stuff in California with the windsurfing. And now he's doing winging and... Uh, He's into photography and video and he made all those, he used to make like side off video with doing all the how to's and stuff like that. And then he switched to kiting and now he's into winging. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Side uh -huh. off, side off video. You could find him through that somehow. Okay, cool. All right. So um, yeah, that was awesome. So what are your goals with, with your YouTube channel? Kevin. <laughs> just for fun this kid loves that i said vlog he's it's not called a vlog and i'm like uh yeah i knew that i knew that but i kind of like vlog better than vlog anyway so yeah yep i am doing my new vlog out here guys in mexico <laughs> maybe maybe if kids like lucky, vlog dummy my vlog <laughs> yeah but I think I've been on YouTube for like over 10 years or plan. And it's, I think the main thing is just being consistent, like posting on a regular basis, like maybe once a week or even once a month or whatever, but just always coming out with new stuff and not, that's the key. I think just, yeah. then people start following you. And once you have subscribers and your videos get more views right away, and then that's how you build momentum. But it takes it's years, hard. I mean, it's really. It's hard for me because I just see on Maui, it's just the same thing for years and years. 
but that's very cool with vlog is you can show your personality and different stuff and it's not just like this beautiful imagery i've been into making videos for a while and stuff so i get if i don't do it like to perfection a lot of times like a nice like i love john's like view or whatever and it's pretty awesome so this the, the vlog is just thrown together a little bit more rough and stuff and I'm trying to be funny a little bit too and not yeah. take life so seriously so this jacket is classic it's like a some kind of pimp jacket <laughs> where'd you get that <laughs> the truth to that is i was going to burning man and i got all this stuff in my van and so i was like oh i might as well bust it out with this uh, with the jacket and stuff so it's pretty yeah cool. great outfit love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah for me from like instagram and stuff yeah i kind of post something like every week but it's hard to do it consistently. Yeah, but that's what your sponsors want to see too. Your sponsors want to see your social media presence and all that kind of stuff. And then his parents probably don't want him on social media as well, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, don't be like Kevin and scroll your Instagram first thing in the morning when yeah. you wake up. <laughs> Kill your brain cells right off the bat first thing in the morning, Instagram scrolling. Yeah, that's funny. So is there any, anyone you want to thank for their support in, in your sports? Uh, for me, I would thank everyone at GoFuel, Taboo, and Gastra and Burn Helmets, and Matt at M22. So all those people helped me so much with my winging and then my grandpa, my dad, him, professional photographer. <laughs> and yeah, everyone awesome. is so amped on the new winging. And it's super, it's great to have all these people supporting me. Yeah, you're lucky you got your grandpa taking you down to the beach because it would be pretty hard to do that with, without having someone drive you, right? Yeah, it would be a long walk. <laughs> what about you kevin yeah same similar thing like my my brother probably was my biggest influence and in help getting to where i was and my mom and dad for sure but it's been an amazing career for me just to still even to this day still in the industry and still having fun so yeah through Caden, i wrote to alex for that baja video i'm like hey do you think i can uh, borrow a, a coil just to go down there and uh, you know play around on it so that was cool and he's yeah no problem here you go blah 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 and probably if Caden wasn't working with them i probably wouldn't have even thought about it it's cool to have somebody that supports him and alex has been i would say he's pretty cool with you like helping him out and even like you were saying that the homeschool learning that oh a little shim here what that does to the water and stuff he's been he's been pretty cool with, with him for sure yeah i mean that like foiling is definitely an aeronautical engineering you really you figure out how things work on the foil that's pretty uh comp complex stuff and a lot of it's this theory too like the theory of how the foil generates lift is actually not it's just a theory right it's not like a proven thing is it 
the displacement? Is it the pressure difference? Is it like how the lift is actually created? Is not like a clear, easy answer, right? So yeah, the speed of the water moving over either surface and stuff like that. So pretty interesting stuff for sure. So yeah, maybe you can study more about that. Yeah, maybe I'll take them into the, yeah. the... So it seems like windsurfing seems to be, I guess, when kiting came out, they said windsurfing was canceled or whatever, but there was still a hardcore windsurfing scene and stuff like that. But it seems like now winging is taking over from both kiting and windsurfing. I mean, the just the hype about is crazy. Yeah. How yeah. do you see windsurfing going in the future? Windsurfing just takes a beating. Like every time a new sport comes out, they're like, but you still get those hardcore guys. And one of the one of the awesome things about windsurfing kind of falling by the wayside is you can go down to Hokipa and the Mecca is like 35, 40 guys out there. We're surfing. I don't even go surfing because I hate all the crowds. There's hundred people out and all this stuff. So yeah, that's what I love about windsurfing. You go down there and anywhere in the world basically is pretty uncrowded compared to a surf spot. As far as the industry goes, it's definitely not a thriving in industry. A lot of the brands have taken the, up the winging and so they're still doing well. But right. yeah, it's still an amazing sport that you you never get tired of because you can never master it. I feel like with the kiting, I, I love kiting and the feeling of it, but I can see too after if I get better at it, I could probably get bored with it. Where windsurfing, you're just, you're always trying to learn that whatever, you know? Yeah. Oh, I wonder if winging is like that where the progression is so fast that you eventually get bored with it. I don't know. It seems like you can always learn new stuff too on, on, when you're winging, right? Yeah. It's like we're just in the very beginning. Are there any crazy moves that you've thought of other than the forward loop like that you want to try or learn? Yeah. I have, I don't think anyone's ever done it yet, but I want to pull the board off my feet with the straps and hold it in my hand. You know how they do that when Like kiting? a Superman jump, yeah. And then put it back on my feet, but that's pretty impossible. So I want to try, I want to do one of those before I want to try one of those. Because that means you would have to hold your wing with one hand and then hold the board with the other hand. Yeah, you have to have a middle handle where you can hold the wing with one hand and it's balanced. Maybe that could yeah, work. Well, like with the boom on the gastras. Yeah. It's not there's like this certain spot, like right at the front of the handle, where you can hold it and you can just one hand, like the whole way. Yeah. I've gotten that dialed. Next, I just have to, I want to start doing like the one footers, like getting them super dialed. I, got, I have done pretty good, but he actually got a really cool shot of me doing one, not on purpose. It was huge. <laughs> it's, that sounds like a good way to really hurt your, your ankles or whatever. <laughs> you have to be careful yeah. with that. These sure. age doesn't matter. Yeah. You can recover quickly. But have you, Kevin, have you ever hurt yourself in the foot straps or the ankles and stuff like that? I broke my foot one time getting stuck in the strap so in the waves yeah but other than that pretty lucky any other in major injuries you had in your career not really, not really. no been pretty i my brother i saved those all for him because he was injured a lot 
he yeah he like totally broke his leg in half and then he saved him oh no yeah, yeah. how did that happen is in Baja, he's out there and we we're jumping and he just snapped his leg in half. It was gnarly. Oh, and they just rescued him in and stuff and then had to fly home. Luckily, there was a plane there, so hmm. pretty bad. But yeah. we just didn't do the breaking and we, we just take it. Like overall, water sports are pretty safe, like compared to like skateboarding or, or even mountain biking. Because if you do fall on hard on a hard surface, then you're much more likely to hurt yourself. Like professional skateboarders usually have 20 broken bones by the time they're, they're your age. Or motocross, those guys crash all the time. Like all those pro surfers, they only have, it's rare for a surfer to break like a bone doing turns and then like I I don't I haven't heard of a winger breaking a bone yet, but I'm sure there's been. Yeah. I think so. there's some bruises. Happening. There's a lot of bruises, yeah. People even break their ribs stand falling on a stand up paddleboard and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure there's stuff ha stuff happens all the time, but but yeah, it's relatively safe on that. Yeah. And anything else you want to share with people that are still listening? Like I always say, by the, by this time, only about five percent of the people who click on the video are actually still watching now. So it's a very elite group of people now that are still listening. Yeah. Do you have a special message for them? My grandpa's probably going to be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he will be watching. Yeah, he he's watched basically all the ones that you've done, and he's always like telling me stories like, oh, you got to listen to this. Oh, this, this <laughs> new one. So, and he's always watching them all the way through. So I'm sure he'll be on it right now. Thank like, you, Grandpa, for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Good experience for the kid to be on live TV. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not quite TV, it's YouTube, but yeah. How do you feel about the community of wing foiling? Is it different than like other, like surfing or other sports that you do, windsurfing? I, I think it's great. I'm not a huge fan of the surf community so much. There's a couple cool, like a couple cool people, but in general, it feels like the wind community is, you know, a little bit more positive and happy to help out where the surf community gets a little territorial. So for me, I enjoy seeing him in the wind community and how often is good surfers going and helping some kid out? Oh, they do. Ian Walsh is awesome. And Kyle Linney, those guys are amazing for the, the community, but they're few and far between where I feel like everybody, when they see him do a big air, they're stoked for him. So I think it's pretty good. Yeah, like, I feel like with all the wing foiling people, there's 1% of the people that aren't always absolutely stoked to be out there. Yeah, right. it's rare to see someone with a scowl on their face. <laughs> Unless, yeah. They're, that was because they're so worried. Their scowl is like... Yeah, I yeah. mean, and, and getting started for it, is, it can be pretty challenging, I think, for a lot of people. It's not an easy sport to, to get right away, but I guess for you, it was not for everybody. Yeah, I think once you get up on that foil that one time, then you're hooked. 
forever. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's that's how I felt. Yeah. So when people like when strangers come up to on the beach to you like that have never foiled before and they're like, what is that? What are you doing? Or like, what's the most common question that people ask you? How do you do that? How old are you? Yeah. So, so how, old you, you? how old are you? Yeah. It seems like the question I get a lot is like, how much does that cost? Like they always want to know how much everything costs. And you know, it's, it's not an easy answer, but it's pretty expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I think too, everything's so new that there's not like used gear so much. So when people ask you, how do you do that? What do you tell them? I just explain it. They're mostly like, they're people that windsurf or kite and they always like, they want to learn a new sport or something. And I'm like, I don't really know how I do it. And then I just tell them, once you learn it, you're hooked. So I'm very bad at explaining stuff. <laughs> yeah, Kaden, I guess when Kailani first posted, I don't know, do you remember that when Kailani posted on social media when he was like foiling on a big race board down, going downwind on a Malika run or something like that, foiling on this huge long race board? Do you remember watching those videos? That was probably like three or four years ago, yeah. I think the first video I watched with foiling from was from Laird Hamilton. Oh yeah. Toe and foiling. Yeah, toe foiling. He got the like snowboard boots on very old back then. And then I saw some of Kai doing downwinders on ginormous like Nash foil boards. Yeah. And then now he's doing prone foiling downwinders on the four foot board, just gets up on swells that aren't even breaking. It's pretty mind blowing. Yeah, have you done any of that downwind foiling? Have you tried that? And do you do that? I have done one downwinder. The other one that we tried, it didn't go as planned. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I'm, Planning on doing a bunch this summer. All right. Because yeah. it was winter and it was always perfect for wave riding and the waves were too big to do a downwinder when it was good wind for it. So it was always either like wing foiling in the waves and prone foiling early in the morning and surfing in the afternoons there's quite a few guys here doing uh downwinders on prone boards and they usually they catch a they catch a little whitewater wave closer to shore and then they pump out and, and then they right go they do a downwinder just on their short board and if they fall then they have to paddle all the way, way back in and try to catch another wave because usually over here it's not windy enough where the this wind swell isn't big enough to to catch it on a prone board but yeah pretty scary sometimes they end up being like yeah two miles out and then they have to paddle in on a tiny prone board and it's not a lot of fun I, uh, yeah. to me that doesn't seem that exciting i'd rather take a wing with me <laughs> or a paddle but yeah or or have a jet ski or a boat with you that can tow you back into the next one <laughs> that's, what, that's like my first my first try for a prone downwinder i think that's what i'm gonna do yeah. Jet ski alongside because my friend just got a his dad just got a jet ski. Nice. 
then he could accompany both of you guys, maybe, huh? Yeah. So, and he prones too. And I think if the worst case scenario would be like we just have to go in at the next stop. But it would be nice because he could just tow you back up on the foil. Right. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier. Plus, he can also film you guys then and stuff like that. Yeah. So we have and, more footage for Instagram. Yeah, and he's a like a professional photographer. So. Oh, that's a plus. So it's perfect. Cool. Awesome. All right, well, you guys, thank you so much for your time. Pre really appreciate it. And keep posting on Instagram, Kaden. Those cool mm -hmm. moves. It's inspirational. Yeah. yeah, and make sure you follow Kaden. I'm sure you have a a bright future as a wing foiler or whatever you decide to do with with your life and it's awesome and kevin thank you too and keep posting on youtube try to do it regularly you know <laughs> okay right on thanks for having us and that uh, was fun yeah and maybe in, in a year or so I'll, I'll hit you up again and we'll talk some more about what's new then when it can 12, be when you're 12 years old or almost 13 huh it'll be just him on his own then because then he's going to be doing such mind-blowing things <laughs> I won't even understand them by then. Yeah, but if you're getting into wing foiling a little bit, you'll have some stuff to talk about as well. Cool. Because m most of the people that are listening to this podcast are not at your level, Kaden. They're more at, at my level, well, but it's cool. It's inspirational to, to watch those moves you do and just keep progressing and show us how it's done. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great day. Right on, you too. Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, there you go. Another episode of the Blue Planet Show. Thanks so much for watching the whole thing. As I'm making this show for you, the people who watch the whole thing and enjoy every minute of it, and for Kaden's grandpa. And I just wanted to let you know too, like every Wednesday morning, I'm doing a live show now on YouTube. So anybody can listen in on the live show, post comments, there's like a live comment feed so you can make a comment let me know where you're watching from what time it is and stuff like that it's always cool to see that people are watching and of course if you have any questions just throw out your question it's more fun to have a conversation with people than just to speak with the camera so i'm enjoying that so every wednesday at 7 a.m it's the blue planet live show and i go over some news talk about questions i've had on youtube from other people that have asked questions that are too hard to answer quickly so then I just answer them on that live show. And then any other questions that come in during the show, I'll answer them. Hope you can join me next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Hawaii time on the Blue Planet live show. Hope you enjoyed the show. Please give it a thumbs up if you liked it. Thanks so much for watching everything. And we'll see you on the water. Aloha.